Good morning, my brothers and sisters. My introduction today is to start by giving you a brief synopsis of why my major theme is called Faith in a Crazy World. Why do I say faith in a crazy world? Because if we don't learn to trust God in all things and live the way he requires us to, the chaos of this world will wear us down and cause many of us to not be ready when the Lord comes. It may or may not be in our uh, generation, however, regardless of the age we find ourselves at today, let it be known, he knew us before we were born. He knew us when we were born. He knows us while we yet live, and he'll know us when we leave this rugged world. Jesus knows us by name. This is the question that some of you might have today. Are the things that I do in my everyday living connected to the things that I do for the Lord? The answer is emphatically yes. Whether you're at work or church, at school or play, in the club or on the golf course, he's right there with you. In fact, every single place you go and every person you encounter is presenting you with an opportunity to praise God by living and loving in a way that draws others to him. Colossians chapter 3 tells us that whatever we do, whether in word or deed, we are to do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I start the message for today, I believe that if we first begin by establishing the principles of faith, we might better understand how to apply it in this crazy world that we live in. The topic for today comes in the form of a question. And the question is, are you working hard or are you hardly working? The scripture text for this morning is found in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, as well as James chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. The Ephesians scripture states, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The scripture text found in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 18 states, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show us your faith without your deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Well, some would say, I do what I do because I'm saved. Some would say, I know that I am saved because of what I do. Others would say, whether I do anything or not, I know that I'm saved. 
The scripture text in James seems to suggest that if you're not doing anything, you really don't have faith. He wants to know how saving faith can cause you to be complacent. As a matter of fact, in verse 20, James tells us that faith without works is dead. The Ephesians text at face value seems to contradict James. The passage appears to be telling us that there is nothing that we can do of ourselves. Our works are fruitless efforts. Paul seems to suggest in Ephesians that grace through faith alone saves us. If we look at both the passages from a surface level, they seem to contradict each other. One is saying, faith without works is dead. And the other one appears to be saying that faith with works won't get you saved. And we dare not mention that without faith, it is impossible to please God. God forbid if we throw in another scripture found in Galatians, which says, faith expresses itself through love. Let's take a closer look at the Ephesians text. What is Paul really saying? Maybe if we define some of the words as they relate to these passages, we might be able to have more clarity of thought. Grace, for instance. Let's start with grace. Grace means an act of kindness or favor, if you will, shown to us by God that we could not earn and do not deserve. The word saved. To be saved means that God has delivered, rescued, and preserved us from spiritual death that is common to all mankind and has brought us safely into his kingdom. What about the word faith? Faith means a firm persuasion and conviction that Christ's death was the only grounds for us to be made right before God. And finally, gift. A gift means that faith didn't originate from us. It was given to us by God. A gift is something that we are the recipients of. When someone gives you a gift, do you say, oh, that's very nice. Now, how much do I owe you? No, the appropriate response is, thank you. Yet how often do Christians, even after they have been given the gift of salvation, feel obligated to try to work their way to God? This brings up the question, are you working hard or are you hardly working? Let me try to answer the question by paraphrasing Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. For by the favor that God has shown towards us, which we do not deserve, we are delivered from death, spiritual death that is, and received into his kingdom through the belief and conviction that he has placed in our hearts. That Christ's death and that alone was the grounds for us to be made right before him. There is nothing that we could have done to contribute to our salvation. It is God's gift to us. So, what is works? The work of God must be understood as what God requires to be done. Good works are acts that confirm faith. As we move to verse 10 in the Ephesians text, with a different set of lenses, the passage in James may take on a new meaning. It reads, For we are God's handiwork, or workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, let me paraphrase again in hopes that we might gain more insight. For we are God's work of art, made and formed by his design in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. So then, can you say that you have faith and not work, seeing how God created us in Christ Jesus to do good works? Not for the purpose of being saved, but because we are saved. With the measure of faith that God has given us, along with the gift that he has given us, we are prompted to work because we love and we trust him. He's done so much and given so much. How can we not do what he requires? Faith without works is dead. How can we not provide for our brother or our sister when God has so graciously provided for us? How can we not minister to their physical needs? Can we say that we have faith and not show love to others? Paul tells us in Galatians that faith expresses itself through love. If we look in the great hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, we'll find that when Abraham left his country to go to a land that God had promised him, it was his assurance that it was God speaking that prompted him to move. It was faith that prompted Abraham to offer up his only son, Isaac. This was after God told him that his seed was going to be as numerous as the stars. The Bible tells us that Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. It was faith that prompted Joshua and the Israelites to march around the city of Jericho once each day for six days and seven times in one day and watched the wall come tumbling down. They acted on God's word. These are examples of faith in action. Their trust and belief in God, along with the sense of conviction about what the Lord had called them to do, prompted each one of them to do something. Faith without works is dead. What is the work that God has called you to do? Whatever it is, you should be doing it unto the Lord with the same conviction and love for the Lord that the men and women mentioned in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, has done. If it is ushering, we should be ushering as unto the Lord. If it is singing, we should be singing as unto the Lord. If it is preaching the gospel, we should be preaching as unto the Lord. If it is cleaning the church, it should be done as unto the Lord. If it is ministering to the homeless, you should be doing it with all the love that God has given you. If it is visiting the sick, when you walk in the room, they should experience the love and the healing power of God permeating through your very being. Why? Because you are there on assignment as an ambassador for Christ. If it is being a spiritual leader, we should be setting the best example possible as unto the Lord. If it's preaching the gospel again, you ought to preach with all the authority and power that the Holy Spirit gives you. If it is teaching, you ought to be the best example of study and delivery of the word that God enables you to be. Nothing we do for the Lord should be done half-heartedly. We should know with assurance 
that what we're doing, the Lord has called us to do it. We should do it with love and sincerity. Why do you do what you do? Is it because you're trying to work your way into heaven? Or is it because you're saved and you're going to do all that God has called you to do while you walk this earth? Could it be that you want to hear the Lord say, Well done, good and faithful servant. My dear brothers and sisters, everything we do should be to bring glory to God and not to ourselves. We should do what we do to please God and not man. We should do it because we're saved, not because we're trying to get saved or trying to work our way into heaven. There is a reward awaiting us if we do it God's way. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. All this simply means is that God is making us to be what he wants us to be in Christ in order to do the work that he has already prepared for us to do. There is much work to be done for the building of the kingdom of God. We as believers should be found doing it. Our faith in God should be prompting us to do something. We are saved because of his love for us. We should be found doing the work of the Lord because we love him. It was God's love that drew us to him through Jesus Christ. It will be our love for him that keeps us. I would also say that the same love will be seen in how we treat one another. Real faith expresses itself through love. Our love is the guideline for the works which follow after freedom through the Spirit. Faith works out of the love that we have experienced after we have come to know Jesus. Remember, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Remember this also. We love because he first loved us. It will be our love for him that causes us to love one another. Why? Because out of our love comes a desire to please him. If your desire is for the Lord, your love for him will cause you to be of service to the kingdom. The real strength of faith is seen in the expression of love. Life will become easier to live because now you're not trying to please others. Your only desire is to please him. What does James really mean when he says faith without works is dead? He means that your faith should be prompting you to produce. It should be shown forth by the way of love. Why? Because we are God's workmanship, his work of art created in Christ Jesus to do good works. God's order is this. Faith, salvation, good works, and reward. Faith is what leads to salvation. Salvation results in good works. Good works will be rewarded by him. God has a blueprint for every life. Before our conversion, he mapped out a spiritual career for us. 
Our responsibility is to prayerfully seek His will and purpose for our lives and then obey it. We do not have to work out a plan for our lives. All we need do is accept the plan which He has drawn up for us. This delivers us from all fret and frenzy and ensures that our lives will be of maximum glory to Him, of most blessing to others, and of greatest reward to ourselves. In order to find out the good works He has planned for our individual lives, we should do these things. Confess and forsake sin as soon as we are conscious of it in our lives. 1 John 1 and 9 tells us that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The next thing is to be continually and unconditionally yielded to Him. The third thing is study the Word of God to discern His will and then do what He tells us to do. The next thing is spend time in prayer each day. Pray without ceasing. Cease opportunities. The fifth thing is to seize opportunities of service as they arise. And finally, cultivate the fellowship and counsel of other Christians. God prepares us for good works. He prepares good works for us to perform. Then he rewards us when we perform them. Such is God's grace, and we're thankful for it. This completes Donna's podcast for today.